press the thing? Door. That's right. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. I'm trying not to block Daniel's view here, or view of the Daniel you don't want to back look there. They don't want to look at me. You are the pretty boy. show started on the road. Um, welcome to episode 47 of Wingman's Garage. Yo! I'm Chris the Wingman. Daniel, track rat, whatever. Will Wright, here at Nashville ATV Repair. Eeyore. And Eeyore is here, Drake, formerly known as Eeyore. Currently known as Eeyore. Or Darkwing Duck. Whichever. That's right. <laughs> whatever works. What up, Will? Anyways, uh, if you have watched the pre-show video, I only got one thing to say. Dirt bikes turn funny. <laughs> And if we kept going, one of us, probably not that guy, it was going to get hurt tonight. I would have ended up in the hospital. I don't know. Probably Which is still might happen because we'll get out of here and we'll start playing around some more. So, anyways, tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about a couple of different things, uh, including riding techniques, uh, whatever's gone on in MotoGP, because I'm yep. sure he's followed, because apparently I can't get B in. What? No, I've looked through it and I tried to get it this last week and you it's not available. Slack ass. So I'm going to have to find another way to get that. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the Southern Discovery ride. Yes. Because uh, we haven't heard about that yet. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> wow. That says a lot. And um, flat tracking skills. Flat oh, thereof. <laughs> Our lack thereof. Me yeah. and Chris. Right. Meanwhile, this guy's going around in circles doing a... Dragging pegs yeah. and shit. Yeah. Sticking his leg out like, he, like he didn't even need to. Uh, anyways, as long as his legs are, it'd be kind of weird him sticking his leg out sideways like me because be, he wouldn't be able to lean. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Indicate, uh, uh, activate tripod. Pretty much, pretty much. Meanwhile, I'm going first gear, going. Why is this thing so jerky? Well, that's what. I, that's why I ran up and said second gear. Damn it! What? What? <laughs> third gear. Third gear. Third gear. I haven't made it to third yet. We might try that later. We might try that later. There might still be an ambulance call. Uh, Shit. Mike, what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> they're not far from here. Put this mic in. There's like a staging area down there. Oh, yeah. We'll have them on speed now. Don't worry. There we go. That All right. What's going on, Cam? And the highlighter is present. What up, Will? So, Will was on uh, two episodes ago. He posted this morning as he was getting ready for his ride. And we were talking about... Um, high vis and especially in the last episode we were talking about high visibility. Yeah. Um, just because of brake free tech. And uh, this guy he posts on his uh, Facebook page. He's got his got a view of the gorgeous sun, uh, Tennessee sunrise this morning. Oh, yeah, it was. It was he got a really picture of his bike and he has Zeus saying, "Unleash the highlighter." Yes. Yes. So I'm sure he was very well seen this morning. And if he wasn't, that would greatly surprise me. Right. And speaking of break free, uh, we talked with them last week. Talked with Ian and Alex. Really cool guys. Ben, uh, oh, these guys are yeah, fantastic. With their uh, helmet mounted brake light system, um, they are on Indiegogo, and they were pleased to announce that as of today, they are one hundred percent fully funded. Yay! So you're going to see them out in the market. This is awesome stuff. Uh, real quick, Alex, Ian, if you're listening, one of our listeners, Chris Geis. He actually emailed us today to let us know that uh, after listening to last week's episode, he actually went out and signed up for two. Yeah, he got two, two. break freeze from me. So awesome stuff. It's really showing how much 
something like this is needed out there for us. Uh, Cameron, thank you for wearing a shirt. Send us a picture. Yes, Cam, please. Send, send us a picture, picture please. Uh, unfortunately, Will and I are the only two not wearing the shirts today. Most of yeah. mine are all dirty, and I didn't get in one yet. Yeah, that's that. Slack, slack ass. Uh, sure, it's a nice shirt you got. It is a great shirt, isn't it? Right. All right. I'm waiting on the stickers. The stickers. Oh, oh yeah, stickers too. Yeah, I need one. I need. I'm still to come up with the Squidbuster stickers. I've got an idea. I just have yet to finish sketching it out. We need to figure that out. Yeah. Squidbusters. Squidbusters. Yes. Yes. We're having squid. I say a squid with a baseball bat. Oh, <laughs> uh, Brandon's been really good at sending us squid picks and uh, moto flop. Yeah. So, Will, why am I hiding in the back? Because because you don't want to. You course. really. My, I need another two or three more of these for my mood to improve. <laughs> it's nothing to do with anybody here. I just yeah. Give me another couple of these now. We'll put right Brandon in the corner. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and you finally got on that. Uh, Credit.com. Oh. <laughs> he saw his credit score today. And yeah, yeah, it's not as fresh as the milk. It's not, <laughs> it's, it could be worse. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I've got a funny joke about that later. So a uh, little bit worse. Also, want to say what's up to uh, the guys behind the Creative Writing Podcast. Uh, thank you for mentioning us. Uh, yes, thank you so much. Uh, Solstice Slam too. That was pretty awesome. Uh, we're going to be taking some of your. Thoughts into consideration. Absolutely. We need to get them on the show. Uh, yes. We yes. definitely need to get them on the show. Absolutely. And of course, big shout out to our friends in Santa Cruz, the uh, Recycle Garage, Motorcycle Misfits crew. You know, we love you. Thank you very much for which, everything. Which pretty much, they, they're probably the ones that hooked us up with Break Free. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. So, thank, thank you, you again so much. so much. So, on to that, after that, let's talk about some MotoGP racing. Fill us in what's going on. MotoGP racing. Okay. It was Argentina. Um, round two. Round two. Uh, we all know Vignales won the first race Woo-hoo! with Dovi second and Rossi third uh, with Argentina. The biggest issue they had was getting tires in the country because everybody was on strike. Oh, so, wow. And the front tire, they're still trying to figure the front tire out. And most everybody likes it, but like a couple of the people that they need to like their tires don't really appreciate it right now. And what is the spec tire right now? The spec tire, it's the Michelin. I don't, they don't let us have numbers. The, good, the crazy thing about the way Michelin does their tires, there's a barcode stitched into the, le- on the you know, leather, into the um, rubber. They scan it when they hand it out, and they scan it when they hand it back in. Hmm. So they're very controlled. Someone in England stole like, half the allotment out of the back of the truck one weekend. Oh, they threatened to leave motorsport altogether. If they weren't returned. If they were not returned or anything else. Apparently they got them back. But it was like... They were going to leave Formula One. Wow. They were going to leave everything. This is back in 2006, 2007 at BSB. Wow. So, when I tell everybody, oh, I went down to AMA to do, you know, corner work or whatever, and somebody told me, give me some takeoffs. I'm like, no, that's not going to work. But the thing about Argentina was they didn't, I don't think they went there last year. I don't remember them. It's gotten a lot bumpier. What's the name of the track there? Uh... Real, something Rio de Honda or something oh, like that. I don't remember them being at the track for a long time. It's been, they, they haven't been in a while. I think they went in 2016, but again, I had to be able to check. But it was really bumpy, and the weather was really weird. Like, it rained, it washed a bunch of stuff out, everything else, what? Oh, washed a bunch of stuff out. Um, Maverick. Like, it was a weird, like, qualifying situation. I, don't, I can't remember. I, again, I haven't walked, paid attention to the race a whole lot. But all we know, Maverick went up, went again, won again. He got in the lead, third, fourth lap. Um, 
and control it from there. Cal Crutchlow got on the podium. He got third. Wow. He was the highest finish in Honda. Um, and then Rossi ended up second. So Yamaha won two. Yamaha's got it under control right now. Everybody's saying everybody's expecting Yamaha to win the championship. It's still a long way to go, but if Maverick keeps this form going, Maverick's going to lock this up. Um, then Rossi, again, Maverick and Rossi won and two. Yamaha's, oh. Yamaha's the leading instructor right now. Again, it's only two races into the season, but right. there's then there's still a lot of racing to go. The craziest thing, Lorenzo didn't even make a lap. Lorenzo crashed out turn one. He was talking to the angels when he crashed. Wow. So yeah. he's probably hating life right now. Right. He has probably done, really regretting signing that deal with you. Well, he got a chunk of money, so he's laughing all the way to the bank. But he's realizing that, hey, maybe me talking so much shit about Rossi being on the, while Rossi's turning on the Ducati, maybe I should have kept my mouth shut. Will has uh, said that the crash was because Marquez and Pedrosa both wiped out the exact same way at the exact same corner. Yeah, they both crashed out. Marquez, he's, the motor situation with Honda, they bounced around with a couple of different motors. Mm-hmm. They've given them more fuel now, so they've gone back to the Big Bang motor. They've given them like 24 liters of fuel now, so the Big Bang is not as efficient a motor as a screamer engine. Right. But it's so Marquez will figure it out. He's that good, but it's you got to get him on a track where he's like Coda coming up. The thing that he, the thing that I'm really interested in seeing is seeing how Maverick does at Coda. Right. If he beats Marquez at Coda, then there's going to be some red flags going up on him right. because Marquez is unbeatable at Coda. Since he's shown up, he's won every race there. He's unbeaten here in the U.S. Hmm. So we'll see how he does. This. We'll see how he does. Marquez, I like him as a person. I'm not a huge fan of the way he rides just because he's right there on the limit all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he pulls some pretty boneheaded moves, and there's some stuff that previous riders who are no longer, well, Marco did the same stuff, and he got chastised for it. They kind of right. let Marquez slide, but whatever. Let's get here earlier. Real quick, let's reel back just a second. Sure. Um, you're talking about the Big Bang and the Screamer motors. For most of us who've been around the OGP yeah. and most bikes long enough, we kind of know what those are. Uh, these are two different engine configurations that build power differently. Uh, the Big Bang basically... It's a firing order issue. It's, right. not a it's all firing order. order. Uh, uh, they started doing the Big Bang back with Frank Spencer back in 80s. Exactly. So uh, Honda's been doing it for forever. They've got, they pretty much know what they're doing. It's just configuring the way the power delivery is to right. save the tires and to put the acceleration everything <laughs> down. What? Trevor says, watch yeah. your mouth, that's a three-time champ. Oh, I'm not arguing whether he's not fast or not. Oh, he's fast. He's kind of not doing too hot right now. Right. But uh, well, he's, he's going to be infinitely faster than me. That's not even a question. I think what we need to do is that in a later episode, we need to do and actually talk more about the screamer. The do a MotoGP tech. Yeah, really what the difference is and why one might be better than the other for whatever particular situation. Sure. Uh, five times all time, huh? says Will. Five times all time? Yeah. It's Rossi. Yeah. Well, but, nine time, but. Yeah, well, yeah. Rossi's five times GP. Right. Ross, on the Rossi front, I got some really interesting information this weekend from my contact that handles all, that knows all the American riders. Um, so there's a kid that has come up out of, from Alabama. He's over in Europe right now, testing the Moto Three stuff and riding over there. Mm-hmm. Kid's name is Damien. Yep. 
Um, Damien Jigalov, we will put his name in the contact in the yeah, we'll post a picture for that later. Picture too. and Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. We'll put that on our Facebook page. So you can go check this kid out. Put it this way. Damien's over in Europe and he walks up to Rossi to introduce himself because he's starstruck and everything else, as would everyone be. Right. He walks up and he goes, you don't know who I am, I know who you are, blah, blah, blah. Rossi looked at him and says, I know who you are. You're the kid that hasn't been beaten. Yeah, that's... This is the kid that was in, on an R3 when I went down to Talladega earlier in February that was returning lap times faster than, some 600, than most 600 guys. He was running 102s at Little Tally on R3. Yeah. That's the kid, fast. The kid's got a ride. The kid is on a moto, will be on a moto, Valentino Rossi Moto 3 team. Um, if you have the ability, he's looking for sponsorship to put, you know, something on his helmet. It's on his Facebook page. If you have the ability, do it. This is the kid that's coming up. This will be the American rider in GP. He's that good. Keeps it easy. And the best thing is, everybody sees the kid coming up. Oh, if we'll keep his nose clean and everything else. Kid's from Alabama. The kid's been brought up right. Yep. And when my contact contact tells me that, I've known this guy for going on 16 years now, I trust him. He's the guy that spotted Aaron Yates. He's got Aaron Yates' first autograph. Which is awesome. Which is beyond me. He, he, he saw Aaron coming up and he goes, this, one, this guy's going to make it. And this guy's going to be something. So, Damian Jigalov is the guy's name. We'll put him up on that. Um, watch out for him for GP stuff. Anyway, Maverick won again. Rossi second. Maverick, if he controls it the way he is, it's going to be Maverick's going to win the championship this year. And I can't see any fault with that because he, him, it's going to be the Maverick and uh, Marquez show. And I can't wait for that fight. Yeah, because neither one of those two give a shit. Even they if he doesn't win the championship, I mean, he's going to be pretty damn. Close. It's going to be down to the wire. Yeah. So it's I'm really this is the first time I've been excited about GP in a long time. Right. It's about time, time we're not seeing just just the, the just the normal guys yeah. Marquez checking out and, and say we might get more interesting action. You know, third and fourth. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Eric's joined us. So yep. has uh, obviously Will's joined us. Uh, Antoine's here, and so is Casey. What up, Antoine? What's what up, Casey? Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's uh, talk more about the event you just went through. Yeah, that was really interesting. That wow, the southern the southern discovery spring round or you know spring yeah. round was so good you can't even pronounce it. Yeah, that's that's the truth. That's He's the stuttering. Truth. He's got the stuttering. It was it was a total success. I think everyone that came out had fun. Um, there was only one guy that came out that didn't finish. He blew a wheel bearing. And that well, guy, that's, I mean, that's not his fault. Oh, yeah. And uh, that guy, um, or was it? he was still happy to be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kurt was the guy. That's also the guy in the wheelie videos. Oh, yeah. 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 Where he comes up and, and passes me in the wheelie, and I get the shot going by him. Heck, yeah. It's Kurt, man. Good wheelie, by the way. Yeah. Really good wheelie. Yeah. Good rider. Good rider. That was the first guy that passed me this weekend. Okay. Right? So the second two guys, let me tell you about these two dudes. Um... Shannon and Jackie, right? They're both probably mid-40s, and they could have both passed me at any time that they were riding with me. Incredible. <laughs> That's they awesome. Were, they were riding XR, the 650Rs, the liquid cool. Really? XR Those are dope. So Shannon was on his third XR 650 Hell yeah, dude. Right? So he's had two others since then. And these guys were phenomenal riders. Um... The better of the two was Jackie. Jackie's a great rider, and I, uh, I'm no slouch 
Yeah, we were on a road that I, I think that, um, you know, I, I go pretty fast down. Jackie was riding right next to me, coming down this road, and we were riding side by side. He could get, he'd get a little ahead, and then I'd catch up, and then he'd get a little ahead, and I'd catch up. Well, we stopped at the end of the road, and I looked down at his tire, ball. <laughs> I mean, like... That's a very humbling experience, isn't it? Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> corrected you. He's in his mid-50s. Mid-50s? Mid-50s. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's, What's his he's name? fast. Um, uh, Jack is his first name. He's got his last name. Okay. Uh, he was right. He was, they're, they're both from uh, Nashville. The GNCC boys? Old school GNCC racers? No, they're dirt bike guys. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, but they're, they're Especially on a ball tire on that shit. Yeah. Man, you yeah. win, dude. Yeah, oh man, he wins. Yeah. That, you that, win. A, that guy's a winner. That guy's, that probably, he's probably got a trophy room. Yeah. He doesn't want oh, yeah. <laughs> And super modest, just, like, just well, you, 95% of those guys are. Because yeah. they know everybody's just out having fun. Yeah. It's that 5% that really piss everybody off. Right. So, yeah. 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 No. But yeah, those guys are super cool. I think we had we had a big turnout, like 65 riders, something yeah. like that. Big party. Great party. That's always a plus. Yeah. That's always a plus. Yep. Uh, Hell, next time you go, I'm taking that with me. Well, I'm coming out. Or I'm going to rent the, the 200. I was going to say, you should take that one right there. I'll take the 200. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. I'm completely 250, down. 250L. Dude, I was like, can you, I'll show up in the the fucking leather jacket and go, I don't give a shit. Let's roll. Let's do it. I'm down. I'm beyond down. So. Are you still looking at dual sport bikes? Hell no. <laughs> I'm looking at motards for later. <laughs> like I, the supermoto, the supermo fools put up a new video today. Oh, oh yeah. And it's the five yeah. year. I'm sitting watching this. I'm like, I need to stop watching these things because I just I'm gonna get one. Dude, we had a bunch of them come on. I love this. them. Like the super, like those videos. The, my favorite video they've done is probably the one of the, one of the newer ones where they do the video game one. Have you seen that? Yeah. Where it's all like they started off like Tony Hawk, where you're picking the bike and then you pick the rider and that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. And they just tear ass through like a building and like a lumber yeah, yard. That's a badass video. Awesome video. You should look them up on YouTube. Supermofools uh, on YouTube and Facebook. Always they're in Europe somewhere. Always yeah. fantastic videos. Really good production and it's always fun. Always fun. Hmm. So we'll post. Yeah, we'll, I'll put some stuff up on the Facebook right. page later. But continue. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, that was it. It was a, it was a big success. Everyone came out. I think everyone had a good time. Um, you know, there was a couple people fell in the creek here and there. That's the way it goes. But yeah, that's the way it goes. Meet up in the creek is fine. I think everyone that fell in the creek was excited to fall in the creek. Dude, yeah, <laughs> we're all fun, man. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think everyone that you know rides up there regularly has fallen in the creek. I'll end up in the creek first ride. I don't give a damn. That's true. You're just going to do it just to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll just take the jack. I'll just take everything off and jump in. Hey, I'm in the creek. We're good. <laughs> Back out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm that guy. I don't care. <laughs> now, we did get good. some unfortunate news from the following day after the uh, the Discovery ride with that KTM. Um, bike was stolen. Have we heard anything about that? Yeah, we got any news I haven't heard, I heard okay. anything about it. And I talked to everybody that I could have. Yeah, we, we blew industry. it up on, on yeah. Facebook page, on Instagram. I think somebody actually shared like about 30 or 40. A bunch of people. I think yeah. somebody yeah. from the West Coast actually shared it too. Yeah. I have to look. Because, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah I saw it on uh, Motor Riders Universe. Yep. Yeah. It was posted up on there. Um, but yeah, there was a. Um, it was a 950 Adventure one. Yeah, it was a KTM 950. Enduro. Enduro. Yeah, Enduro. A uh, super rare bike, yeah. But it was stolen, uh, stolen out of Homewall, Tennessee. Um, so anyone, keep your eyes out if anyone's selling any parts or looking for any parts for it. Yeah, we have a feeling that it was a local 
more than likely, probably sitting on a bike that they don't know what they're sitting on. Yeah. So, you know, I, I doubt that they have, um, you know, the ability to pull the engine out or part it out somewhere like that. It's probably sitting in someone's barn right now, but yeah. that's all speculation. Sure. And they um, reached out to the KTM dealers in the area? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Castle and Pandora down in Chattanooga and that kind of stuff? Uh, I don't know if, they, if it's gone that far, but Barber's right there in Home Wall. So yeah. I know Barber knows. Okay. Uh, and uh, everybody that I know at all the parts counters knows and good. Um, all that kind of stuff. So that's a dope bike. Yeah. That, that, I saw oh, people like, that God. thing's fantastic. And for it to be so, as rare as it is, yeah. it's going to be fairly easy to spot. Yeah. Um, if you do see it, um, obviously call law enforcement ASAP. Um, yes. You can reach out to one of us. And if you are the owner of this bike and you have it back in your hands, let us we're know, very thankful. Please. please let us know so we can, you know, tell them what to back off. Yeah, <laughs> and not yeah, not yeah. stop everyone that we see on one. Right, right. Not that we see very many of those. No, right? you're not going to see many at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, if you do have this bike and you're not supposed to, pretty sure you got it pretty well hidden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you do have it and we find out, the, yeah, well, you'll get it. The yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll, that that thing's happen. The the police won't get called in. Let's put it that way. No. Yeah. But on that note, on a different let's let's change gears on that one. Right. Um, I got to ride it. A few different bikes here recently. You did. I was I did. pissed because I don't get to ride shit. <laughs> so <laughs> my reputation does proceed itself, but we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> reverse that up a little bit. Here. Well, let's re- let me rephrase this. That's a flat track bike, and I adore it. But I'm not getting the new stuff the way he is. Yeah. Oh yeah, there are benefits to the job. Um, <laughs> however, I'm gonna start off with the biggest of the bikes that I've ridden so far, and that's actually Mr. Drake's Rebel 250. Uh, which has been sitting in my garage for the last almost a month now. And for those of you who saw the show notes and the, the Honda flagship, that's what he was working on. Yep. Because that bike is still built by hand in Japan. In Japan. And it's actually a very high honor. And we know this because of Emma. Thank you, Emma. Yes, Emma, uh, you are the best, by the way. You are. Uh, the Rebel 250, while it's such what most people would consider a beginner's bike, is so revered by Honda yes. that if you are chosen to work on the Rebel assembly line, you are a very highly valued employee. You know? What up, Cruz? What's up? Uh, so, I have his Rebel 250, which he's gone and modified himself already. He's put four controls on it. He's done um, flat track bars on it. He's gone and done some cool grips. He's actually done quite a bit to it already. I mean, we'll say having four controls on the Rebel makes a huge difference. Oh, so that's the best thing. Yeah. If you ever get one and you're going to hang on to yeah. it, do that. And you're not... You know, you're taller than this. Um, yeah, you're taller than me, which is saying something. It's isn't saying much. Yeah. Where did you find the four controls for that bike? Blue collar bobbers. Blue collar bobbers. On the internet. Yes. Uh, which also makes some really cool bolt-on bobber kits for a lot of bikes, like the Virago, um, the Vulcan, even a cafe racer for the Ninja 250. For the for the uh, the Ninja 250 and for uh, the Suzuki TU 250. Nice. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, basically, what I did for his Rebel, though, was give it a little bit longer legs. Because, you know, the stock configuration on a Rebel 250, if you've ever ridden one, by the time you hit 30 miles an hour, you're already shifted into fourth gear. What we did was we went with a bigger front sprocket and a smaller rear sprocket with 15 and a 30. Um, trying to give it a little more room to move when you're at highway speeds. And uh, I didn't get to take it over 55 yet, but it gets there real quick in a hurry and comfortably. So uh, I'm actually really surprised at how much bike, how much noise 
this bike makes, and it's all intake. Not necessarily exhaust, but it it sucks in a lot of air, and it's a lot louder on the bike than you thought it would be. <laughs> so I'm kind of impressed by that. Uh, I'll be doing a couple more shakedown runs here, uh, just to make sure everything's fully run, fully tested and good before I get back to Drake. But uh, it'll be back to his hands in the next couple of days. You talk about Gary, mate, gave me a really bad idea. Hang on a minute. <laughs> There's lots of bad ideas. Like really, really, really bad idea. Probably a really fun idea, but a really bad idea. Yes. So um, someone else had actually mentioned um, that we should take that bike flat tracking. It wasn't me, but I was thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a tracker tail on that. You've already got the bars for it. Well, blue collar bobbers has got that uh, the fender and the Springer seat. Nice. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be really cool. And uh, Trevor said, "What's up?" Trevor said, "Get the two fifties while they're while you can." That's right. It's done. Two fifty is done. It's being replaced by the five hundred. The three hundred and the five hundred. Um, my bad idea. Oh, many. <laughs> yeah, there's been quite a few. Uh, Bonneville. Oh, and there's a Bonneville too. No, that's yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. But let's get a rebel and take the bottle. Take the bottle. <laughs> How much fun would that be? You want to run the rebel on salt? Well, I know it'll do seventy-five with me on it, and I'm only like twenty pounds lighter than the bike. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be God again. I get really bad. You need to see who's actually already done that. Let's Who gives a shit? Let's just. Do I just it. want to see. Let's play a bunch of bikes in a trailer and go to Bonneville. If they're going to do that this year. Well, it depends on the salt conditions. Yeah, there you go, right? So yeah, there's a type of salt flats. Done. Done. All there. All right. I'm there. Heard it here first. Uh, anyway. But yeah, so I did ride uh, the Rebel. Um, might have ridden it today if it wasn't for other things happening. Uh, but I've also ridden the Z650 and the Ninja 650 for 2017. Uh, I will repost the video after I do a little bit of editing. Yeah, because we got to figure out how to make it to where it doesn't wave through the paper. Oh, it'd be, it's called using GoPro, not my phone. That too. Well, yeah. no, because on the, Go, the GoPro did it to me at track day. But, uh, That's a little bit different. A little bit different. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of waviness in the video. But I did take it on a live video on Facebook around Franklin. Uh, rode both bikes back to back, but you always saw me on the Z6, or the Ninja 650. Uh, Really great bikes for beginners. Um, I will say they're going to be a little more exciting than going with the 300. Um, I think it's going to be fairly manageable for most people, um, unless you're incredibly timid and um, concerned about what it's like to ride a bike in the beginning. Um, and if you're that, take the MSF course before you yeah, Honestly, anyone who passes the MSF course, I think you would be okay on one of these two bikes. Uh, this is going after the SB650 crowd, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, and the FZ07 crowd as well. Uh, uh, anyway. The FZ07 is probably going to be a little more fun than the rest. Uh, no. But I'm still going to Between <laughs> the two, I really thought I was going to like the Ninja 650, which is completely redesigned from previous years. That bike looks uh, good. It too. looks really good for a, a Ninja 650. It's the first time I've ever looked at one and said, damn, that looks good. It's good. Um, it's still got high clip ons. Um, the Z650 is completely naked version of it with regular tube bars. I really thought I was going to like the Ninja more, but you like the, the naked one, didn't you? The Z. There's something about the Z, and that might just be because it's 30 pounds lighter. That's probably it. But it's got more more life to it. It's got more energy, like, more 
the problem, the thing, the way the way that Japanese manufacturers always do, like one of these things where it's the same bike but it's fairing and everything, they'll adjust the gearing to touch. Mm -hmm. Like with the SV, when they did the S and the N, the N had a one tooth small on the rear, right. which I didn't check gear into because I didn't have time. So yeah, check the, like the gear is probably the difference on that, but I mean the swing arm and everything else is gonna be the same. Right. Whereas like once you get up to the bigger bikes like a Tuano, S one thousand R like mine, that kind of stuff, the swing arm might be a touch like a that much shorter. Right. The gear is gonna be a little bit different. They're gonna do more engine tuning than gear changes at that point. Yeah, right. there'll be a lot more mid range than top end all that mess. But all in all, I will say I'm talking about S one thousand R. I'll take a double R up to 130, then they leave me. So, yeah, I learned that pretty quick. Yeah, that was fun. your bike's not geared or nope. not set up for the 163 is all that bike's got. Which you turn into a big sale about buck 20. Well, that's when you duck down, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. You're still driving riding a wide bar. Anyway. Right. So, between both bikes, both really fun. If you're just looking for a bike to get around, commute on, especially if you're in town, dude, spend the money on the Z. Uh, if you need more wind protection, you can go get the, uh, the, Ninja. the Ninja 650. It's going to be kind of like the Cody Super Sport, just not as exciting. The, you know? The naked one looks better, though. The naked bike does look better. Um, you know, again, if you're a new bike rider and you want to get into a naked, that's actually really good. Again, you've got options. You've got the, now the Z650. You've got the FZ07. You've got the SV650. You've got all the monsters. You've got the uh, Ducati Scrambler. There's a lot of options for you. I well, and I'm always going to vote for the SV. Right, and you're looking at a bike that's around around eight grand, so it's not bad. No, I mean for the price, it's it's that's a great price right. point to jump in. Um, I'm always going to err on the side of Suzuki on the SV because I have beat the ever loving shit out of an SV650. Right. That, that motor's been proven. Oh, the since '99. So I'm again, I'm just a Suzuki guy. If I buy a Japanese, I'm buying a Suzuki. So. I'm just weird. Right. But you got options. Yeah. Uh, now, if you're a little more experienced and you want something a bit better, uh, the Z900, which I rode the week before, that is a fun bike. Very, very fun. Yeah. Uh, and just the way they've got the, and even on the, uh, the Z650, they do the same thing. They're cheating. They put resonator tubes on the uh, intake tracks. So when you're uh, in it, yeah, when you're in it, it pulls more air in and it's kind of like blowing over a Coke bottle. Makes it well. They've done that. They've done that the ZX12. Right. So, but what it does though is it ups the fun factor because at least you feel you get the visceral feeling, yeah, and experience of going faster, even if you were really not. Um, so it's a fun bike, regardless. Uh, for the pure performance heads, there's better bikes. Yeah. Um, the FCO9 is actually, I'm gonna say, better than even the Z900. Well, but again, it's a different bike. You start getting into semantics on that. The FC9. It's great, but the suspension's a joke. Yeah. The, I, I would say the Z900 suspension is a touch better. I haven't ridden it yet. And again, my reputation precedes me, so I'm probably not going to ride the one you've got at the shop. No. Um, see? Like I said, I'm not going to ride a Z900. Actually, they closed the demo program, though. Damn it! It's already got enough miles. The best demo program of all time was Triumph, though. Yeah. yeah. That demo program, they said, here's a bike, 5,000 miles, get rid of it. We don't give a shit. Right. It was awesome. That was... I. That Gold 675 was so much fun. Oh, that bike was gorgeous. <laughs> but anyway, um, Trevor said the CB500. Yes. I like that bike. I have yet to spend any time on one. Um, Trevor, if you have the ability for us to maybe test one, let us know. No. Anything. 
Let us know. Now, I have ridden the CB500. I have. I have given you that one. Did you? Okay. Yes. And, you know, the 500, it's a good bike. Yeah. I have ridden it's one. It's a very good bike. It's surprisingly fast. Is it? Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. down low. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, no, it's a 500cc parallel twin. Mm-hmm. But, again, I have I have zero experience on one. Right. If you're going to be riding on a road that's not going to be super fast uh, and twisty, that 500F, that's a great bike for a back road bomber. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can pick it up in a second. Oh, yeah. Very easy. Trevor, just let me know. He's talking to Charlie. Let us know. Let us know. For any, any I'll ride a damn, whatever the smallest thing is, slowest thing. I don't give a shit. Metropolitan. I'll ride a, I'll test a Metro. I don't care. With tassels. With tassels, I'll put on a bright pink three-quarter helmet. I don't And leggings. No, I'm not doing leggings. My legs aren't that good yet. (laughs) You don't have a cast for them. No, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Leg day's Thursday, damn it. (laughs) Back day was yesterday. Africa Twin would be a great bike to ride. I really, I've seen one, Mm -hmm. and there's actually a trans out on Craigslist. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Did you see it? Uh, like the older one? Yeah, the 89. Yeah, they, wow. that, I mean, they, they're not a candle in the wind to the new Africa Twin. I, again, I have yet to, I've seen one, but I haven't ridden one yet. The crazy thing about the Africa Twin, what, it, it enters the market at what, 9.5? Oh, that's, a, that's the bike you go to. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. And again, they're amazing. Tech. Everybody, everyone that compares them to other, the other big dual sport bikes or, um, you know, the adventure sport bikes or all, any of that kind of stuff, they said that it's not heavy enough to be in that class because they're so agile. They don't have the power that the big, you know, Super Tenere has or even the, uh, the Ducati Multi The Multi Strata. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, well, see, a Multi Strata, the, the thing about a Multi Strata, I've told this, I've said this to him for years. And I'm going to agree with it. Like, the Multi Strata is, we actually had one show up at Bowling Green this past week when I was really? running Pit Out for the car day. He just came up and hang out and check everything out. A Multi Strata is an adventure bike for the guy who doesn't want to be in W and buys $500 pair of blue jeans. Right. Yes. And it ends up taking it off road maybe once. It's not even that. I mean, it's 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 a setup, really nice, really that performs really well. It's a more comfortable monster. That's what it is. It's a much more comfortable hyper motor. Yeah, and it's the same thing with the XR, like yeah. my bike. Yeah. It's a like the S one thousand XR is a much more comfortable version of the S one thousand R. The XR is probably you could go off road with it. Chris Teach did a video. Where he's off road, jumping the thing, mm-hmm. burnouts, wheelies, all nine yards. The XR is one of those where I liken it to maybe a VFR 800, like an early one, where you can go. I'm going to take two months off, jump on my bike, ride to the track day, do the track day, pack my shit, and leave, and go to another track day. So yep. I just it's a good. The Africa Twin looks awesome. Right. Like I really, that's one of those few ones that oh, I'm really into. five minutes in the corner. That's a two-minute penalty. He caught it quick. I'll be there soon. Watch this. <laughs> Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. So, but anyway. Yeah. I mean, the uh, Multistrad is kind of a Swiss Army knife. It kind of does everything well enough. Africa Twins definitely designed more for yeah. that. J-Max here. What up, dude? What up? Um, and then Ryan, being Ryan, and him and Trevor being buddies. Huh. Hot is cool if you can't afford a tribe. Um, oh boy. Not gonna hate. I would much rather have an Africa Twin off road than a Triumph 800 or a 1050 Tiger. So, that's just me. Yeah. Um, I will say this Norman Reedus rides a Triumph 800. And 
he's actually, they've actually just finished shooting the new ride with Norman Reedus, season two. Um, watch out for that. That was a fantastic season. Fantastic show. What about that Icon video where they're on the triumphs and they go all over the world? Oh, the Dakar shit? Yeah. yeah. No, no, not the Dakar shit. The one where uh, Alonzo Bogan's in it. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, shit. What are you doing? Bogan's got, got the dopest Rocket 3 on the planet. Dude. Carbon dude. fiber wheels, custom every... It, that thing is dope. Yeah, what's that called? It's um, what? It's a series that they do. Um, Ernie and... Uh, what's the other Triumph Stunt Rider guy? It's Ernie Vigil and... and uh, oh, God, I hung out with these dudes. They do a stunt. They did a stunt show at Barber for three years in a row. You yeah. should see their Hyper Motard Wheelie Challenge videos. Um, um, well, those guys know what they're doing. Yeah, well, it's those two dudes, and they take them, and they're like, uh, you know, they, they bring them in. The storyboard's like, yeah, we're gonna start you off here, and like, mm-hmm. you know, go down to the tracks, whatever, and they're on the Tiger 800s. And man, those things rip. They're rolling wheels well, and puddles and shit. Well, it's a three hundred. It's an eight hundred cc three cylinder. Those things yeah. are dope. Yeah. But I just I. I would love to see the comparison from that to the Africa Twin. I would love that. Like an 800? Oh, I'm down. Right. I would love... If we had the ability to hook that up, I'd be all over it. Yeah. But I just... Uh, that Africa Twin just... Personally, just aesthetically looks better than the Triumph. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And I will say this. The old 955 Tiger, that bike there, I've seen... I, mm-hmm. One of the guys I used to ride with, Jim, old guy, was used to work... He was a mechanic at Castle. Probably one of the faster guys I've ever ridden with. He was dragging saddlebags on a 955 Tiger. Goodness, those must have some big saddlebags. Dude, yeah. no, it wasn't. It's, it's, the, it's the Triumph saddlebags. This dude here was flat rolling. That's crazy. I mean, dragging everything. It was amazing. He was on, it was me, my buddy Darren, and Jeremiah, the old man of Cypher here. Right. There was the three of us. I'm on my SV. Jeremiah's on his GSXR, I think, and then Darren's on his R1. Jim showed up on his 625 KTM. Adventure bike on the skinny wheels. Oh. He didn't, sw- he didn't swip- switch over to his 17. He's on his skinny wheels and waxed all of us. Huh. It was nuts. We're like, how the hell is he doing this? Like, we have no clue how he's riding like this at all. Like, we were parked up, we finished, we're parked up at a gas station, we're done, we're like, we're about to break up and everything and go home, and the cops roll up. And Jim looks at us and goes, oh, that's you. That's you. Well, five minutes All right. Damn it, Will. Party foul. So the cop rolls up and Jim looks at all of us. He goes, we're about to get talking to you. Um, oh, no, what? Ten that's how you're closed. What the hell? But Jim looks at us and goes, we're about to get talking to you. I was like, okay. Did we didn't do anything wrong. He goes, no, but we're going to come talk to us and ask us what? That's a shot phone. That was a FaceTime call from a 931 number. A classical number? I accepted it and was like, anywhere else. <laughs> and they hung up. Oh, that'd be fun. We'd have him on the show. Right? That'd have been great. <laughs> Nick Brosha. Thank you, Antoine. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Brosha. There we go. Uh, Cam says uh, the XR 1000. The CRF? The oh, that's the BMW. BMW. Okay, yeah. The XR is for the guy that wants a sports bike and adventure but can't have both. Uh... I'm going to agree with you. Depends on how much money you have But see, let me rephrase this. Either can't or doesn't feel like it. Right. Because if you're buying an XR... Or wants new. Or wants something new. If you're buying an XR and you're not like me, who got hooked up because of where I work, uh, you've got the scratch to buy anything. You're right. And I will say this. The first one I saw in the wild, I looked up and I was like, wow, that's that's a four-cylinder coming. I heard that a long ways away. I went, 
Oh shit, that's an XR. I remember when you first saw it, you you messaged me. You yeah, messaged me. I, I texted you real quick. Of course, my bike's loud for stock anyway. Pretty loud, actually. Yeah, for stock. Loud enough, yeah. But anyway, it'll get louder eventually. Alright. Because I gotta get that damn Cadillac convertible on the bottom. <laughs> it's fucking hot. If like, anyone buys a 1000 to have a on and off road motorcycle, it's gonna be more on road than off road. Well, a yes. thousand cc's, no matter what, is too much. 160 horsepower is way too much for off road. Right? Yeah, yeah. it's too much. That's why all this too much power. Adjusting power modes always softens it for the, the off road. It does, but it's one of those things where most of your guys are going to get that because it's comfortable. They can tour. Yeah, really right, right, which is cool. Yeah, you know, I would love one. I throw some street tires on it, and you know that'd be my street bike. Yeah. Oh, XR comes with 17s all the way around. It's the same mm-hmm. wheel setup as mine. Trevor says, except the CR 1000. Oh, CRF 1000, I'll tell you. I'll say this. CRF 1000? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. had John McGinnis on the European launch. And McGinnis was like, he showed up, he looked at it, and he goes, I don't know, how well is this going to do, honestly? He jumped out there and took off with it. He goes, dude, this thing was awesome. He's yeah. jumping it, sliding it, everything. And then McGinnis, when McGinnis says, yeah, you can do anything with it, yeah, McGinnis, he knows what he's fucking talking about. Yeah. I defer to him on any question, pretty yeah. much. And technically, those are nine... Does it really fucking matter? Nine nine fives. Well, I mean, you know, the line's the line. It's in the sand. <laughs> it does, it doesn't really seasons. fucking matter. Right. Right. Um, At that point. I mean, and honestly, compared to a lot of the other adventure bikes, it's fairly light. Yeah. Oh yeah. Case points at five or thirty-four pounds. Oh, the GS weighs like six hundred. Yeah. yeah. And that's just the bike. Not even. That's not all the shit you put on it later. And again, I'm me being the BMW guy. I appreciate the GS. Just. And that it exists, mm-hmm. and that it can do everything that it can. And that it gets people riding. It gets people riding, and that thing is all very, very capable. Brian Honeycutt. Brian, what's up? Hadn't talked to you in a while, but <laughs> hey, dude. Um, I, know you're, you, I don't think you're watching, but you'll definitely be listening. Um, that dude rides the ever-loving shit out of his. Mm-hmm. Like, track days, knee on the ground, everything. Wow. And another video of Teach. Oh, yeah, I saw that picture. Yeah. That's right. I remember Another video of Teach. He's on an R1200 GS or whatever it is, riding the absolute balls off that bike. Burnouts, wheelies, dragging knee, everything. That dude is beating the shit out of that bike. It's awesome. Yeah. I know a guy, I think he's got, it might, it might be the 800. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen him ride it. Okay. But. The 800's great. I've got a feeling, and this guy lives in East Tennessee. Okay. I've got a feeling that. There's very few riders that could probably take him into Gap. I don't doubt it. He is stupid fast. Well, Gap Jet, I'm getting, but he's the guy that holds the record there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what he rode, but damn it. Have you, I, told, I think I told you the time on that. One way? What was it? 639. At the Gap, one it's way. It's incredible. I don't know how he did it. I, drove my, I took my Mini out there when I was still in Minis. I did like 12 minutes. You probably took a shortcut. <laughs> You've been there. How? Explain that to me, please. Magic. Yeah, jumping <laughs> over the mountain. Yeah. yeah. Shit. No. The, the thing about the gap is you definitely tell when you go to North Carolina. Yeah. That line is really hard. Took, and then there's a fucking fence. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, I guess that kind of leads us into riding techniques. Technique? Because you need riding techniques to make like, it. Wait, wait. Right. How long are we? What, what? We got about maybe 20 minutes left. Oh, but let's oh, Let's man. get into that. Um, Riding technique. Because, you know, it's spring. A lot of people are, unless you live on the West Coast, are just getting yeah. their bikes back out. We've talked 
uh, through a couple of episodes about getting the bikes ready and what you need to do. But what about yourself? What about getting yourself ready to ride? Or those who are just getting itch now. Uh, to get yourself ready, okay, this is on my track days and more of a performance rider. Um, and again, let's talk about people who are going on the street. Okay, on the street. Okay. Because, you know, while the lessons you learn on the track are going to be invaluable on the street, yes. uh, most of the people listening aren't going to be on the track. Might aspire to, but they aren't there yet. Uh, well, included. well, okay, time out. For those who are playing home game, aspire to, but can't yet, um, the only thing holding you back from the track is gear and paying to do a track day. Money. Just the money. That's the money. You can show up at a track day, and it doesn't matter if you're the slowest guy there. You're on the racetrack, you're learning. Yep. It does not matter. Uh, we had a lady show up on a Ninja 250 at, Bur at Barber in Birmingham and running three-minute lap times. The beginner group runs to 20s, so it doesn't matter. Um, getting yourself prepared when you first get the bike out, obviously take over tire pressures, chain, all that do the usual, do the usual, do the usual stuff. Um, be aware that you haven't ridden in probably about three or four months. Probably about four months. Your muscle memory is not as sharp as it used to be. Muscle memory will get there quick, but realize if you're going to ride, you need to take it easy coming out. You can't just jump on there and bust. It's not going to work. You're going to end up in a ditch or something like that. I promise. It, I, it's bitten friends. It's bitten me. Everything else. Uh, take your time getting back up to speed. You, it will be okay. You'll get back to where you were quick as long as you stay with it and everything else. But realize you've got to get your eyes back up to speed. You've got to get your body back up to speed. We've been eating for Christmas and everything else. We weigh a bit more. We weigh, well, some of us do. I'm working out. Yeah, but God. Um, oh, uh, you're, anyway. Well, good for you. Yay! <laughs> you're, not um, as, you're not as smooth on the clutch and the throttle as you yeah. were six months ago. It's one of those deals where just take it slow getting back into it. Um, hell, make sure your gear's still in good shape. If you've got a leather jacket, go over, make sure there's no cracks in the leather. Read, uh, you know, Clean your helmet. Clean your helmet. Read, read, moisturize the leather in the jacket. Um, um, make sure your boots don't have insects in them. Right, or mice. Or mice, um, yeah. On the helmet, though, make sure your helmet is still uh, within its service date. Uh, you're supposed to replace your helmet every five to six years, depending on the manufacturer. The reason they do this is, isn't because they just want you to buy a new helmet. Uh, your inner foam liner, the EPS liner, actually hardens over time, it dries out, yes. and it's a lot more brittle and firm. So the foam liner, when you, when the helmet's actually being used for its purpose, the foam liner condenses as your head hits the ground and slows down your, the descent of your head. If that liner has hardened, it's not going to do a very good job of slowing down. Uh, wash it. Yeah. Throw it in the wash, wash machine, helmet. let it air dry. Which you should honestly do at least at the end of the summertime. If you put your bike up for winter, definitely wash your helmet because it's kind of funky. Yeah, um, mine doesn't mold. And, no, mine's yeah. bad. Bad things happen. Uh, and most of your helmets, if you've got a removable liner, it's even better. Yeah. But if not, honestly, just use like a really mild shampoo, warm water, wash it out. Yeah. Let it dry away from the sun, away from uh, forced air. Just let it do its thing. Um, you can actually stick your internal liner and cheek pads into a uh, pillowcase and throw it in uh, the washer or the yep. dryer. 
to let it tumble dry, but let it air dry is always better. Air dry is always better. And if you don't have time for that, there's actually helmet cleaners that are foamy spread on there and let it work. Motorex is what I use. Yeah, Motorex we've got is that. fantastic. We've got that at the shop. Uh, but yeah, check your gear. And remember, like you said, your muscle memory is not the same. Remember what it's like to actually counter-steer a bike. Yeah. Uh, it comes back quick, guys. Yeah, it does. It's not one of those things that take you a month to get back in the... No. It'll come back in a ride. Like Two rides. bicycle. Right. Yeah. Literally. Now, on that note, <laughs> let me ask you this. What turns your bike better? Counter-steering or lean? Counter-steering is lean. What bike you're in? Body position or, or counter-steering? Any bike. Well, it's different from bikes. You have handlebars or clip-ons. Even then, counter-steering or lean, which turns the bike better? Lean. Damn it. In my experience... I mean, that bike straight, hanging off the bike, or physically pushing the bar on the inside? In my experience, to initiate a turn... Hang on. Hang on. Admit the initial press of whatever way you want to go is going to start your lean to lower your center of gravity to go through and get off the bike. And again, this is me being the track rat guy. You initiate, you get off the bike, you drop your center of gravity down when you get off the bike, and that centers everything on the bike and it makes it a lot more controlled. And you can put it in there and you can adjust your line accordingly. Right. Now, now in a street situation, you're going to press. Yeah, let me put it this way. If you're but if you were doing 55 miles an hour and you're on your bike, no matter what bike it is, and you kept your handlebars perfectly straight, if you were to dip off the side of the bike, what's your bike going to do? It's going to go well. Okay. It's going to it's, it's going to go change directions a little bit. It's but going to change. It's going to the, the contact patch on the tire is going to adjust two degrees, mm -hmm. and you'll get a slight change in direction, but not yeah. enough to really make a turn. Yeah. Point is, counter steering is what you're always going to use to initiate your turn. Yes. Now, body position from there helps your ability to turn even more. And it also depends on if you're in the dirt or doing flat track. Because on the street, on the street, sporty bike, you're hanging off. Yeah. On a dirt bike, you are doing what? Show us, show us what it looks like when you're on dirt. Stick that leg out. Bike, the bike goes over, but your body stays straight up. Push the bike into the corner. Yeah. So, for a cruiser. You just kind of lean your foot over to one side and kind of press. Yep. <laughs> you just shift the hips. Or, or you can just kind of like twitch your shoulders and that'll push your arm into, into the bar. and that Just don't stretch too much because then you look weird. Well, as opposed to you anyway. Yeah, sure. You look weird anyway. Yeah, well, that's, oh, that's I, a good. I mean, rule of thumb, all you got to do is as you're going into that corner, you make sure you break enough. And then once you've braked enough and you can let off the brakes going into that corner, what you do is you grab a handful of throttle and you put it on that throttle stop. You know that throttle stop that all these bikes have. And you just go, and then once you get that, you just look down the throttle. Or you just look, you know, you throttle up and you look as far as you can up that curve, mm -hmm. and you just hang on, and everything will come together. The important part is hit that throttle stop. I can't. And you meanwhile, for those of us sitting here, yes, <laughs> I just can't tell if you're like serious with that. Full throttle. <laughs> you just got to make that brake first, and then throttle stop. Full throttle and look. Gas it out. It may not change the situation. Never let off. It may not make the situation better, but it will definitely end the suspense. Always. <laughs> Speaking of eyesight, so you did actually say something yes. that's 100% correct. Always look as far through that corner as you can. And again, oh, yeah. more experienced riders already kind of know this. Um, some of us out there are a little more inexperienced, kind of learning this. Look where you're going. 
Um, I actually saw a comment. Look where you want to go, not where you're going. Right. Where you are trying to go, yes. So someone else, I read a comment on somebody else's post elsewhere this morning. It's like, they even teach you that that doesn't work in driving school. It's like, well, yeah, you know, where you look isn't exactly where the bike's going to go, but you're naturally more inclined to say, there's a car accident here, there's a spot there that's free. If you look there, you're more likely to body steer your bike into that open spot versus looking directly at the accident. Sorry, you're not an accident. Um, he might be. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Sorry. If you look at the thing that's in the middle of the road that you don't want to hit, that, you're more than likely going to hit that. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and if, plus, if you control on most animals, if you control the head and you say, put the yes. head here, the body follows, and then the it's motorcycle the follows the body. Hence the reason why if, you're ever, if you've ever ridden horses, you've got the bit here, and you can control their head with the with the Rings. Rings, thank you. That's right. Shut up. I've ridden horses twice in my life. Shut up. <laughs> Whatever. But yes. that and when you when you are doing that, you're gonna charge into a corner. The further up you look, the more you actually have the ability to see what's coming. And it actually slows down your perception of the speed a lot. A good way to look at this, the best example I can show of looking through a corner, Colin Edwards. Mm -hmm. There's Perfect. a shot of him. I think he's on one of his GP bikes. Back in like 05, I think. He's got his knee. Wow, that's a big ass Mayfly. Um, I think that's a termite. Nah, that's a Mayfly. Um, he's on the deck, cranking through, and like the corner's going this way, and he's looking back up here. Mm -hmm. Like he's cranked over like this, and normal people be kind of here. He's back like this. Yeah. yeah. That's. Uh, it's a, well, it's kind of interesting, so he's amazing. Right. Anyway. Which, when I started learning how to ride, um, I actually was given Lee Park's Total Control book um, yeah. pretty much the day I said, hey, I want to learn how to ride. And in that book was actually a picture of Colin Edwards talking about not only his body positioning, but how he's looking through the curve. Yes. And I've always tried to follow that as much as possible. I got a book you need to I'll bring it to you next time we run into each other. Which book? Ed Barney's book. Oh, yeah, I'd love to read that. Ed's book is fantastic. Um, so you can also check that book out. What is it again? It's, uh, I'll post it up. I'll okay. post a link to Ed's. So it's his book, uh, Lee Park's Total Control. Um, there's always Keith Coe's Twist of the Wrist 2, which if you are looking on YouTube, I th think you can still find it. You um, can find the new video, the new movie they did right. on that. The old movie, I've got the old movie. It's pretty terrible. It's dated as hell. It's pretty terrible. But, I mean, the, the lessons you teach oh, absolutely. absolutely still... The new movie happened because the writer strike was going, and all his all his clients needed something to do. Right, so and that worked. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for even the most experienced riders, we always know we're still learning every time we ride. Absolutely, um, there's no such thing as I know everything there is to know about riding, and that's usually bad things happen. Put it this way: I've seen pro level superbike racers with a Keith Code book mm -hmm. in the back of the trailer, mm -hmm. so they're reading that. Yeah. Um, I've actually seen Keith ride and race. He's the smoothest individual I've ever seen in my life. Utter, like, he looks like, it doesn't even look like he's trying hard. And it's like, you're out just cruising, and he's broken the track record. Right. You're just like, what the, f how, he did that? Really? Okay. Like, just obscene. He's no. actually doing a school in up in Bowling Green. Mm -hmm. 
He's doing a Keith Code Superbike School in Bowling Green in May. Yeah. 21st and uh, 22nd, I think. I think that same weekend is the Total Control class in... It's somewhere in... It's in Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. No, if this one's actually on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, okay. I think. Yeah. I'm not, I would love to be able to go. I don't right. know. Right. Me do. too. Uh, but but anyway. for those of you who are out there who don't ride sport bikes, um, all the same things still apply. Um, you still definitely want to use counter steering and even body positioning because... The more you lower that center of gravity, the easier it is for your bike. You don't have to lean it over as far. The tires aren't working as hard either. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to overstress the tires. So that's all that's holding you upright. Uh, all the things still do apply greatly. I was watching you coming up uh, the interstate today. and I actually never realized how much the bikes lean in that corner yeah. coming up by Old Hickory. Um, but definitely. I've had fun in that corner, actually. <laughs> we all have. I'm, yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot yeah. of fun in that corner. Uh, but you can never learn too much, so definitely take a look Look at some of these resources. If you haven't already done it, it's just going to help you ride even better. Absolutely. Um, and the better you ride, the safer you are, the more fun we have. Yeah. Yeah, always. The safer you are, the more smooth you are, the mm -hmm. faster you go, the better the bike works. Mm -hmm. um, it's, just a, it's just so much more fun. And actually, sometimes you can have a lot of fun riding your bike as slow as possible. That's how you learn a lot of control about your bike. If you can control your bike, it's super I don't even easy. know you anymore. What well, the well, hell? Well, no, no, well, control. Well, hit on that subject. Hit on that subject. Let's talk about the threshold between riding a bike and driving a bike. Oh, God. It's, wait a minute. If you're going to talk about... If you're on a sidecar, you're driving it. Yeah. You drive a sidecar, but you ride a motorcycle. All right. Now, my my, uh, my point here is, let's say you're on a motorcycle, and you're coming down, you're coming down a... Um, you come to a road, um, and uh, let's say let's say you just you just sit on the bike and you kind of lean in and you dirt you turn like this, right? That's riding the bike. Let's say you're going into this turn and you are waiting the back peg or waiting the outside peg. You got your ass off the seat just this much and you're ready for it to step out. That's driving a motorcycle. So you're taking it as not as in driving a motorcycle. You're driving the motorcycle. In. Like a, like a nail. Yeah. What up, Omar? What's up? Yeah, there's two completely different ways of riding a motorcycle. Also, you've got two completely different body positions. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. No, I mean, that's totally different in the type of bike you're riding. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, you can do that on a dirt bike, mm -hmm. or you can do that on a street bike. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, that's that's where back in and in comes the back, from. Well, the there's a big, the back, okay, it's just where we're talking about that. There's two schools of thought where you see people really sideways in the corners and everything, a la Gary McCoy, Nicky Hayden, those guys. Right. And they're, they are going into the corner, and their ass is on the back of the seat yep. going into the corner, and as soon as their bike sets down and they start looking up, it's they're right in the middle. Well, then they get what we're talking about. Yeah, because they're talking about some legends here. We're talking yeah. about like yeah. track riding, street riding, that kind right. of thing. Yeah. You've got that, or... You have the keep everything in line and carry your corner speed and that kind of stuff and just carry all your momentum. That school is Rossi before they did these goofy tires and chassis designs where they have to way the fuck off the bike. Or Matt Aladdin. You watch him Aladdin race, that dude is never out of shape. He is this and he's on dirt guy. So he's he's controlling the drive coming out of the corner with the clutch. Okay. You know? So he like if you ever if anybody ever saw him ride, you come out of the corner, you hear the bike go, yeah, 
and he's slipping the clutch the whole time. He's feathering it. He's fe- I mean, he's anybody ever, just if you want a riding clinic, watch him ride. It's a he figured out how to drive the front tire more into the ground using the rotation of the crankshaft. Yeah, and the crazy thing is that he knows how much clutch he's got to grab yeah. coming out of the corner at before he goes into the corner. Yeah, it's well welcome to he's what Matt was so, Matt was the most like watching a CNC machine do a lap. It's it, very precise. Bam, and he could probably run the same lap time. For 15 laps. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, Kevin, Kevin's but, actually one of my workout buddies. So, so, yeah. But then but then you throw him out there with other riders, and then you can't run a track like a CNC machine because you've got to pass the guy in front of you. Oh, trust me, with Matt, Matt involved, he's passing you and he's gone. Don't worry. <laughs> well, let's let's say, you know, let's say you got Matt and whoever, you know, mm-hmm. right there with him. Sure. So let's say you got two guys. He's out there. Yeah, and they're, they're running the same line. Matt's got to go outside. When he's used to, you know, coming inside to make the pass. Yeah. So he knows that he's got to carry the same amount of speed going on his fast line in his slow line. Yeah. So okay, he's Trevor. He's out there just a little bit further to bring it in. Let's Trevor. Coming see. out of the corner. Trevor and I are about to get an argument. Oh, good. Hey, uh, he may have had G- track control in his GPS, but when they made it legal, did anything change? No, it didn't. Nothing changed when they made traction control legal in 07, no, 06 at Laguna. He had traction control in his what? In his GPS, apparently. Huh. Of course, the entirety of the Oceanira team probably did, too. Right. And everybody else in the paddock, because if you're not cheating, you're not winning. So... Being first, you last. <laughs> yeah. So, he may have had it hidden in the GPS, but you made it legal, nothing changed. Absolutely nothing changed. You had Ben and Matt up front with Yates fighting with... Jake and Miguel for fourth or third. Wow, Miguel. Traction control in your GPS. Well, they had it to where you could control the engine to engine time and everything per GPS coordinates on the track. Yeah, more engine brake. That's Holy how shit, that's deep this brilliant. That's how that that fucking brilliant. Oh, it's it's oh. bizarre and all those guys it. were amazing. Let them have it. That's racing, right? you know. It may have been a fact, but again, they tried to they tried to catch them. They never did. Nothing changed. The only time that, it, that Suzuki stopped winning was when Matt and Ben left. Yeah. Like, again. And then, it was and then Matt didn't start dominating until 05 when that GSX-R1000 came out. Because he only won one race in 04 and still won the championship. So, anyway, we'll have, Trevor, you and I can have that debate wherever. I don't care. I'm down. I'd like to put that on video. That would be a fun debate <laughs> video yeah. to have. I would love to debate that. But yeah, but I mean, honestly, like you said, you know, it's a difference in riding at that point. Yeah. So um, it's yeah, something so you can fine tune, and definitely not on the street. Um, Shit. What's the best way to learn how to do that? Do what? To ride like that. Go push it. Yeah. Interesting exit ramps and track days. Push yeah. it real good. Deadpool. Five minutes. Yep. In the corner. I told you I'd be there soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's you something you, just, you pick up the more you do it, the more you learn your bike. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, like, when you're a beginner and you break traction going into a corner or coming out of a corner, you freak out and go, yeah. When you've done it a million times, you're just like, yeah. you don't even think about it till you're out of the corner. It's the 10,000 hour rule. Yeah. You know, you may not master it, but you didn't know what's going on. That's why all your road racers and everything train on this thing. 
I've got a great picture of Jason DeSalle with probably 70 degrees of lean with the front end off the ground, going to a corner on an XR100. It's, I mean, that's how they train. They get used to it. Okay, now we can transfer this over. That's why Danny Estes been so fast. So that's why. That's all. That's why Nicky's and uh, Colin Edwards and all, especially all American racers. Yeah. You know, coming up, especially they all came out to the dirt. Nick, Kevin Schwantz. Yeah. Schwantz, Schwantz was a bit rainy. All the Kenny. Yeah. God, Kenny, King Kenny. Kenny still destroys people on flat track. Yeah. He's seventy years old. <laughs> well, probably not seventy. He's probably sixty. Whatever. He come and do your Oh no! I, I've got a Kenny. I got a Kenny Roberts story. So I'm. Oh God! Here we go. It's a good one. So I'm at Barber working the Superbike race, and somebody's out in one of the. This is when they had the Porsche experience there. Oh, wow. So somebody's out in this 911 doing a couple of laps, just hauling ass sideways, coming through the hairpin and everything, putting marbles down all that shit. So I get the radio and I go, "Hey, whoever's in this 911 needs to calm down. He's putting rubber. He's putting marbles down the track. Just calm him down." So Phoenicia, the lady running control, goes, "I need you to look and see who's driving, and then get back to me." I look over, here comes, here comes over the top of the hill, I'm looking, it's freaking Kenny, and I go, never mind, forget it, I don't feel like my ass kicked by he whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants, I don't feel like my ass up here in the middle of everybody, but I'm a 60 year old man. It's yeah. all good. Oh, Kenny Roberts. So, was he the first one to ride that yellow and black checkered Yamaha? TZ 750? He wasn't the first one to run that paint team, but he was the, he was the only one to run the TZ 750 flat track. Yeah. Because okay. he got off that thing and said, they don't pay me enough to ride that yeah. far. And of course, he rode another one like it again for the NDGP. No, that was the one. I thought it was. That was the one. one. They found Kel, Kel Carruthers, the mechanic, mm -hmm. found it in a barn over huh. in England. Because Kel walked up, looked at it, and goes, That's that son of a bitch right there. And he walked out. <laughs> Snap, they got it back, restored it and everything, put Kenny on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> put Kenny on it. The funny thing is, Kenny talking to because Colin and Valentino were there mm -hmm. for the mile. Because they had a mile going the same weekend. Kenny's looking at Colin and goes, I haven't ridden a motorcycle in a year. Colin goes, really? He goes, yeah, I haven't ridden one in a year. Jumps on it, next the first, you know, turn one, he's sideways. You know, the whole thing. It's Looking at it, it's one of those things where you see Rossi in the crowd, in the paddock. His eyes light up. And he's like, it's one of those things where he's just like, because he's an old soul racing. Mm -hmm. he would, if he could have been in like, Series when Schwantz and Kaczynski and all those guys were racing, it had been perfect. Yeah. But he wasn't. But anyway, but yeah, he saw that and his eyes lit up. It was. It's just. It's a. It's a fantastic. It's old. You can see it. It's on YouTube. It's yeah. a fantastic. It's there. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's that my favorite thing. Yamaha paint scheme. Yeah, oh, speed block. Oh cool. yeah. Oh speed yeah. Block, speed block. The white okay. and red oh, was my favorite. White and red is classic too. But I mean, everyone knows the the yellow and black and white. Oh, yeah. But, Wait a minute. Hang on. Oh, there we are. Okay. Sorry. My phone quit. No, no worries. On that note, uh, we've actually, I think, gone over time. Yeah, we're on 103. Later, Later Trevor. Trevor, See I'm dead right. serious. If you want to come on or if you want to meet up you know and have a debate, I would love to talk racing with you. I'm completely and utterly down to chit chat. We'll just I sit here with the, uh, the, the hose. Just okay, calm down. Just literally turn the mic on and let me and you riff. I'm down. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, so down. Much water. <laughs> what, is, what is it? UHF, the Weird Al Yankovic thing? You get the drink from the fire hose! Is that the movie? Is that, yeah, that was yeah, Weird Al Yankovic. Okay. But, anyways, thanks for listening. This is episode 47. 
Uh, next week we have Dallas. The Dallas is coming back, so we get to hear these two. Well, those two. Go Me and Dallas go back and forth, and you get to heckle him about not buying a motorcycle. That's right. Yeah. He's going to hear this, and I'm going to get a text message here in about 20 minutes, and I don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> so we'll be doing that next week. Um, we are currently three episodes away from 50. We are planning something fun for, for 50 to 60, somewhere yes. in there. We got big ideas, and we just need to figure out how to make it all work. Hopefully we can get it for episode 50, because why not? It's episode 50. But if it doesn't happen, we can do it at 55. Okay. Right. Yeah. So something big is coming. Um, we've all been <laughs> kind of talking about it. Sorry, my brain went somewhere. Anyway, my bad. Uh, you're cut off. I, no, I'm not. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, is there anything you want to so say? If you're just joining in on the video podcast after we've gone off the air, uh, you can still comment. You can still tag us. Anything we will answer. Um, always, you can message. I can't speak anymore. You can always message us uh, on Facebook Messenger as well as on Instagram and even Twitter. Or you can call us at 2625. Go ride. That's 2625. Go ride. Or. Why are you going to be so angry about it? <laughs> that was really aggressive. <laughs> or if you uh, you're you're about to will fall over. What the shit? Oh, you, haven't heard, okay. you haven't heard my Marine Corps drone strike. Well, no, we're good on that. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, or if you want to message or FaceTime Will here at the shop. That was fun. That, that was, was fun. fun. What's the number here at National ATV Repair? Here at National ATV Repair, you can call us anytime. At He's got to read it. 669-9655. You can ask your FaceTime and I might do that tomorrow. Right. Yeah. You would make a great rep for all these aftermarket companies. Yeah, we got these new helmets. You see, it's a new Arai. We're reading the shit off as you sell it. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> also, I guess they just did, a, they they just did a couple of uh, Vinales replicas. That oh, they're not selling yeah. a few of them. Oh, oh, yeah, the, the, the Vinales. I've heard those had you know, just great reviews. Real <laughs> They they're only six nine nine ninety nine. They're only they're not selling. They're not making video. Your cost is a <laughs> yeah. Six nine nine. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so you can always reach Nashville ATV Repair. Yeah. Nashville ATV Repair. Nashville ATV Repair at 615-669-9655. and they are located where? Will at three six three nine Trousdale Drive in Nashville. And they're here for all of your ATV, dirt bike, motorcycle, and side-by-side, and even go-kart. No go-karts. No go-karts. Don't do that to us. So if you have a go-kart, don't fall. No. This uh, is really cool. Neat. And you'll let us ride it. Uh, Actually, we've got a go-kart race up in Bowling Green this weekend. We're <laughs> not working. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It'll be fun. In the meantime, we'll see you guys next week. This is Chris the Wingman. Ha! <laughs> Daniel the track rant. No, I'm laughing at Will's... Uh, Maybe the guy pounding beers would be the one speaking coherently. I get better when I start drinking. It's okay. I'm tired. Shit. That's I'm, Will. Yeah, I'm Will here at Nashville ATV Repair. New York. And Eeyore's over there having fun, hanging out. Lively guy. <laughs> <laughs>